0: and welcome back to the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Spratt, a writer for FootballOutsiders.com, part of Edge Sports. We're into week 15, so hopefully you're still alive in your fantasy playoffs, but even if you aren't, you can continue to play DFS and I've got some good DFS advice for you heading into this weekend. Before we get there, I want to share with you an exclusive offer from Football Outsiders, the innovators of modern football analytics, with proprietary metrics you know and love like DVOA and DYAR. Those metrics are used by teams, and they're great tools for fantasy players as well. So get the most out of your fantasy teams and DFS lineups with an FO Plus package. You can become an outsider today with promo code FANTASY25 to save 25% off site-wide. That's code FANTASY25 to save 25% off site-wide on all Football Outsiders tools and statistics. Meanwhile, the show is also brought to you by Edge Sports. Trusted by Super Bowl champions and billion-dollar betting syndicates, only Edge Sports offers a fully customizable probability engine, interactive matchup models, and spread and over-under projections. So find your edge today with promo code FANTASY50 to save 50% off site-wide. That's code FANTASY50 to save 50% off site-wide on Edge Sports packages, EDJ Sports. Well, this weekend, there's definitely a featured game from a real world and uh, and I'd say number one seed perspective between the Chiefs and the Saints. Now, I'm not sure that's necessarily the featured game from a DFS perspective, but I did want to kind of get into it. I think there's some interesting plays here, in particular, kind of cycling in on the effects of having Taysom Hill as the quarterback instead of Drew Brees. Hill actually ended up being one of my number one values at quarterback this week. I see him as a $1050 surplus in DraftKings at just 6000 and 850 in FanDuel at 7500 I think I get the logic of his prices being as low as they are. The Chiefs have a very, like, relatively good, I guess you'd say, pass defense, number 14 in DVOA, and much worse run defense, number 30 in DVOA. But I'm not really sure that that those types of passing defense splits really matter as much for Hill's fantasy value the way they might for Drew Brees if he were in at quarterback. And specifically, Hill has four rushing touchdowns since taking over his starter back in week 11. Uh, he also has 2.24 opportunity-adjusted rushing touchdowns, which while not as high, is still 13th highest among all players. So I think that suggests that if Hill is going to have fantasy value this week, it's probably going to be on the ground, and I don't think the fact that the Chiefs are a relatively better pass defense is going to really cause much harm there. So I think Hill is somebody that you can use, and I'd probably rather use him than his uh, pass-catching options, but I'll get to that in a second. I'll talk about Patrick Mahomes, too. I actually see him as a little bit of a surplus value as well, $200 surplus in DraftKings, 450 in FanDuel at his $7,900 and $8,900 price tags. Interestingly, this is the first time he's been less than $8,000 in DraftKings since week 10. And again, I think this is probably a little bit matchup driven uh, since the the Saints are the number four DVOA pass defense. But from a fantasy perspective, I think it's probably a bigger concern that they're the number one DVOA run defense because they actually, they don't really affect the number of pass plays of their opponents. I mean, I think GameScript kind of gets involved a little bit there, but they cut run plays of their opponents by 11%. That's the fourth highest in football. So I think this is a much greater concern for Clyde edwards Lair and just opponents rushing the ball against them in general, something I'll get to a little bit more in a minute. Uh, but for for Mahomes, again, yes, there, there's some reasons to think that this may not be like the the best possible matchup. They do cut passing guards per attempt by 3%, but that's, that's really not too much. Meanwhile, Mahomes has always been a sort of a, a trend to fire, no matter which defense he plays, no matter if he's at home on the road, even in some some bad weather games. He's performed pretty well, so I'm not scared of him. And any time his, his prices are going to fall because of matchup concerns, I think that's just giving you an opportunity to to capitalize on a surplus value. So I like him. Uh, among all the players in this game, I think Alvin Kamara is the one that I'm probably the the least happy with his prices. He's 7400 in DraftKings and 7800 in FanDuel, leading to $900 and $650 shortfalls in values. And, I mean, I, I think I mentioned a little bit about the, how the Chiefs are a pretty bad run defense and that could be a specific strategy of the Saints to try to take advantage of that but that's not really what's going on here it's about Kamara's receiving work because he averaged 10.7 targets per game in weeks one to 10 with Drew Brees at quarterback and that's fallen off to just two and a half per game since week 11 with Hill at quarterback it's a massive difference and it's something that in my mind with Hill at quarterback makes Kamara a running back two rather than say the the best or second best running back in fantasy football so I, in my mind, he's definitely a player to avoid until Breeze returns and then checks down to, to K- Kamara. Hill really runs a, as his version of checking down to Kamara. He just runs it himself. So it's it's a pretty big difference in the offense. Meanwhile, the Chiefs, uh, despite being sort of a team that you can run against, they do cut rushing touchdowns per carry by 40%. That's second most in football. Game script kind of comes involved there, and maybe the Saints will fare better. But still, I think Kamara is somebody you're going to want to leave uh, not in your lineups for the week. And then I mentioned when Claude edwards Lair, he uh, ends up being a $200 shortfall in DraftKings at 5800 His price in Fandle is just 6400 with their pricing structures. That makes him a relative bargain there. I see him as a $50 surplus, but still not exactly something I'm looking to do. Again, they cut the run plays by 11%, but they also cut yards per carry by 15% and touchdowns per carry by, let's see, that's uh, 44% number two and number one uh cutters of, in those two respects so it's just it's not a good matchup for him maybe Edwards lair can catch some passes to, to sort of boy's fantasy value but I'd look elsewhere this week if you can switching over to the pass catchers uh Michael Thomas he's a $400 and $200 shortfall at and dollars in DraftKings and FanDuel uh I, there's just so many fewer pass attempts Really, with Hill at quarterback, then with Drew Brees, Brees was averaging 33.1 attempts per game, whereas Hill's at 28.5. So that's kind of cutting everybody's uh, pieces of the pies. But I would say with Thomas, at least with Hill, he's getting his lion's share of the targets the way he did with Brees last year. Thomas, since week 11, has a 33.3% target share, that's the highest among all wide receivers. And so I think it kind of justifies his prices being up where they are, although I think he's still a little bit overvalued and probably wouldn't want to use him unless for some reason you just wanted to go with a Saints stack, which makes some sense considering I think Hill is a pretty good price. But I think that's really more for his ground game than anything else. Uh, meanwhile, with Emmanuel Sanders and Traquan Smith, uh, you know, I think they are options. I think they are small surplus values, but as lower price types of options. Uh, DraftKings, for instance, they're at $4,200 and 3200 so pretty inexpensive. That Sanders has a 15.3% target share with Hill at quarterback. That's 60th among wide receivers. Uh, Traquan Smith, 11.7% is 74th. And then given that, that Hill is throwing fewer passes than everybody else, that's just probably not how you want to build your team. Tyreek Hill probably is somebody that you want to build your teams around. Obviously, he's been the hottest receiver in football over the last few weeks. I do see his value as a little bit of a shortfall, negative 150 at DraftKings at 8,800, negative 1,050 in FanDuel at 9,300. But this is, I mean, this isn't really matchup related as much as that, you know, some of those elite receivers, in particular Hill, get priced up uh, because of how good they are. And they just, they kind of make it a little bit more of an inflated deal. But with the Saints, I don't really know how much this is going to affect Hill specifically, because he has that unique skill set with this speed that, you know, even some of the best cornerbacks can't really contend with. But there is a little bit of a Marshawn Lattimore effect that I think you can see in the Saints numbers, where they cut uh, yards per target and touchdowns per target by five and and 8% for number one receivers. But they increase uh, those numbers for number two receivers, whereas I think that's Teams are kind of throwing away from Marshawn Lattimore and having a little bit more success to those other receivers. I'm not sure I would say that you should target any specific Chiefs receiver, like a Sammy Watkins type, to get away from Hill. Uh, It just may be a case that it's a little bit of a difficult matchup for these players, so their values are a little bit overpriced. And then that's obviously true for Travis Kelsey. He's overpriced every week because he's the best tight end in football, and the position is so thin. But I see him as a $700 shortfall in DraftKings and $1,200 in FanDuel. The Saints, uh, they're a very good defense against tight ends, more so than probably any other thing other than the run defense. They're allowing the second lowest DVOA to tight ends on the season, and they're cutting completion percentage in yards per target uh, by 16% and 24%, second most in football in both respects, and they cut receiving touchdowns as well for the position. Okay, let's move on to some position by position talk now. Let's start at quarterbacks with Kyler Murray, one of my favorite values of the week. Six hundred and fifty surplus in DraftKings at seven thousand, eleven hundred dollars surplus in Fanduel at eight thousand. This is the first time that Murray's been uh, seven thousand or lower since week four. First time he's been eight thousand or lower in Fanduel since week two. So, kind of seeing his prices revert back and. If this had been a week ago, I would have understood it, because he was showing kind of an interesting trend with his carries, where he had 10 or more carries in weeks 6 through 10 every week, specifically had 5 carries in weeks 11, 12, and 13, and it was reported that he was dealing with a shoulder injury, and I think you just kind of got the idea that maybe Murray was banged up and, and really wasn't at his best, wasn't able to take advantage of the athleticism that he naturally has. But then last week in week 14, he had 13 carries again and looked much better, and I suspect all of this, that this sort of dip in his production and his willingness to run was likely related to the injuries. Since I'm reading the week 14 results that he's probably back and, and feeling better, I think it's a great opportunity to take advantage of prices that haven't reflected that. In fact, they went down again this last week. So I think he's a really nice value for the week. Lamar Jackson, sort of similar story with his fantasy value, but negative $300 surplus in DraftKings at 7500 but less expensive at 82 relative to pricing structure, at least, in FanDuel. So I see him as a $450 surplus there. Uh, Jackson's a little bit of a weird one because you have to check on all of his receivers because they're all in COVID protocol again. Uh, But John Harbaugh did at least indicate that they were all close contact players. So hopefully he'll be at relative full strength around him this weekend, which would be great because he could take advantage of a Jaguars matchup. Uh, The Jaguars are one of the worst teams in football, obviously. And so they, they increase run plays more than pass plays. But that's not really a bad thing for, for Jackson himself because he can get, do so much on the ground. But from a passing perspective, the Jaguars are a top six booster of completion percentage yards per attempt and touchdowns per attempt for quarterbacks. So I think there's a chance that Jackson could, could thrive both on the ground and through the air and is a good value in FanDuel where his price doesn't totally reflect that. And then if you need to uh, dig a little bit deeper at quarterback, I think Mitchell Trubisky is an interesting value. $700 surplus in DraftKings at $5,500, $550 at $7,000 in FanDuel. The matchup here is is pretty nice. The Vikings are a top-10 booster of completion percentage yards per pass attempt and passing touchdowns per attempt. Uh, But I would note that the last time that Trubisky had a really nice matchup as a quarterback was back in Week 3 against the, the Falcons, and the Falcons allowed three touchdowns. To Nick Foles because uh, Trubisky played badly in the first half and got benched so the team took advantage of the matchup but not necessarily Trubisky and I think that is a relevant concern Uh, you may not want to use Trubisky because he could sabotage you if he plays badly and gets benched Uh, but it is a nice matchup so if you need to save some money and you want to take a little bit of a shot maybe in a tournament type setting then I think that's where Trubisky makes a little bit of sense Shifting gears to running back, Wayne Gallman continues to be one of my favorite values at the position. $250 surplus at DraftKings at $56, $900 surplus in FanDuel at 5800 He's had at least 12 carries in six straight games. He's been the team's starting running back in that time and has done very well with it. And then I think there are a couple things here with the matchup that kind of skew toward his, his favor. One, the Browns Uh, they have the number 24 DVOA pass defense, but also the number 21 DVOA run defense. Obviously, the run defense helps, but I think the bad pass defense is actually a lever for rushing touchdown opportunities, and the Browns are the number five increaser of touchdowns per carry at 39 percent so I think there's a decent chance that Gallman scores this week he's he's missed out on some touchdowns in recent weeks as guys like Alfred Morris and Deion Lewis have scored but he's been getting the lion's share of the opportunities near the goal line so he would be the back you would project most likely to score a touchdown plus there's a chance of rain and then there's cold weather forecasted in New York so it may be the Giants game plan to stick to the ground anyway and I think Gallman has a chance to take advantage in fantasy uh, a little bit up the board, Kenyon Drake, a little bit of a surplus at three fifty and two hundred in DraftKings and FanDuel. He, he's priced at 5500 and 6600 in those two formats. Uh, Drake's value has lagged a little bit through the second half of the season, I think related to his first four weeks. He had just one rushing touchdown in that period, but 2.32 opportunity-adjusted rushing touchdowns. That 1.32 touchdown shortfall in that period was the eighth biggest in football. And since then, Drake has kind of reverted back to excellence. He scored eight times since then and has 9.77 opportunity-adjusted rushing touchdowns. That is the most at the position. So while his perception doesn't indicate that it's the case, Drake is one of the preeminent touchdown scorers among running backs, and I think that's great this week as the, the Cardinals face off against the, uh, the Eagles at home. The Eagles are uh, the number seven increaser of touchdowns per carry at 30%. Meanwhile, this could get even more valuable if Chase Edmonds ends up sitting out. He hasn't practiced as of Friday morning this week. And if he sits, I think that would just further increase his workload and would probably also make uh, Kyler Murray a little bit more valuable, is probably more likely to run there as well. A lot of Cardinal stacking opportunities, which I'll get back to in a minute. But for now, sticking with Running Max, Cam Akers, a nice value, $100 surplus in DraftKings at $6,600, but only $100 more expensive in FanDuel, so he's a $700 surplus there. Akers has a 62.1% carry share since week 12 that's fifth highest at, among running backs. That trails just James Robinson, Davin Cook, Ronald Jones, and Derrick Henry, some of the, the preeminent workhorse backs. And I think Akers, it seems like he's trending that way. I mean, I don't want to get out of hand because it's only been a few weeks, but it seems like it's possible. And even if it's not just him this week, he does get the Jets matchup, which is one of the best in football for running backs. They're a 4% booster of run plays in general. Um, and so you could really see, I think, the the Rams potentially building a big lead at this game and using running backs to salt it away in the second half. I think Akers could get a pretty hefty workload uh, and, and be a nice value here. And then digging a little bit deeper, J.K. Dobbins. I see him as a shortfall in DraftKings of $300 at a $5,900 price tag, but FanDuel has him at 5900 as well, which makes him a nice surplus at 650 He's averaged 13 carries per game over the last three Ravens games, Kind of a similar situation that you're seeing with Akers. Meanwhile, about as good a matchup here with the Jaguars. Uh, They're the number two booster of run plays at 13%, uh, and they also increase yards per carry and touchdowns per carry. So I think Dobbins has a fair chance to do well here, even assuming that the Ravens wide receivers get back healthy in time for this game. Okay, on to receivers. My favorite receiver in DFS this week is Brandon Ayuk, in particular in DraftKings where he's a 1350 surplus. At just $6,300, he's a $700 surplus in FanDuel 2, though, at $6,900. He's had a top five target share and PPR points per game since week seven. Uh, He's been kind of in and out of the lineup related to COVID-related issues, but has been healthy this whole time, so I feel good about that. And then meanwhile, Debo Samuel has played a lot of that time as ostensibly the number one receiver for the 49ers, but he's out for the rest of the season with a hamstring injury. So that moves Ayuk up to the sort of the undisputed number one wide receiver on the team. He was that last week and I think got 16 targets because Samuel left the game really early. So I think you're looking at a potentially extremely heavy volume Plus, at least for this week, I'm not really worried about an upgrade in sort of defensive attention because the Cowboys have been the number seven booster of yards per target for number one receivers at, at 13%, and the number two booster of touchdowns per target at number one receivers more than 100%. So I think pretty good opportunity here for Ayuk to score could have a massive day for the 49ers this weekend. Uh, near the top of the list, DeAndre Hopkins, I, I mentioned the Cardinals being a good stacking opportunity, especially in, in, in DraftKings. Where Hopkins is a $550 surplus at $7,900. He's a little bit more expensive in FanDuel at 86 and a little bit of a shortfall in value. But uh, Hopkins, I'd say this is, I think, probably related to the, the Kyler Murray shoulder injury. Fell below 60 receiving yards in weeks 11, 12, and 13. So pretty unusual for such a heavy volume receiver. Uh, but he bounced back last week to nine catches, 136 yards on 11 targets. Again, that was the same week that Murray ran 13 times. So I think you're feeling pretty good that Murray is, is back to normal, or at least good enough where he can produce at his, his normal level. And I think Hopkins kind of saw his prices fall in, in, in sign there with the, the fear about Murray's fantasy value. So I think Hopkins ends up being a nice value, at least for this week. Uh, and then T.Y. Hilton – one of the hottest receivers in football, averaged two point, or 22.9 PPR points per game the last three weeks. That's the third best behind uh, just Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams. And while I think it's probably been sort of matchups related more than anything else, as he's faced off against the Titans, Texans, and Raiders, all in the bottom 12 in DVOA pass defense, good news for Hilton is that he once again gets the Texans this week. Uh, the Texans, they're the number nine booster of yards per target to number one receivers number four booster of touchdowns per target to number one receivers at 49%. So I think pretty good opportunity for Hilton here to get uh, some good yardage, maybe score a long touchdown again. And then across the field, Uh, even though the matchup is a little bit harder from their perspective. I think both Chad Hanson and Kiki Cutie could continue to have value. Uh, Hanson, I see, is a little bit more of a value, although I would say make sure that he's promoted from the practice squad before you confirm Uh, the Texans have been kind of yo-yoing him between for for roster management reasons. But I think the concern here would be with Brandon Cooks, who missed last week and should be back this week. But Hanson actually played 80% or more of the offensive snaps for the Texans each of the last two weeks, including two weeks ago when uh, Cooks was healthy. And in that time, he has a 21.9% target share that's 32nd among wide receivers. The Texans are just a, a big relier on three wide receiver sets. And so I think all three of these players are going to see a hefty target volume, especially if the Texans fall behind, which they've tended to do, especially of late as they've suffered injuries. So I think he could be a nice value. I think Kiki Cutie, similar story, 75% or more of the team's offensive snaps the last two weeks. 18.8% target share is 44th among wide receivers the last two weeks. So two pretty nice values. Finally, let's close up with a few tight ends. Logan Thomas, I like him a lot, specifically if Alex Smith plays, but uh, either way, really, it could be a nice value. In DraftKings, he's just for $1,000, so a $1,000 surplus, 150 at $5,600 in FanDuel. He's had 18 targets, 141 yards, and a touchdown over the last two weeks, and I think that's particularly notable, not just because of the, the amount uh, of production, but he faced off against the Steelers and 49ers those weeks. They're both in the top five in DVOA defenses against tight ends. So yeah, I would think at this point that Thomas is getting just more and more integrated, and as he's facing easier matchups, may even be more involved. Uh, the Seahawks aren't exactly an easy matchup for, for tight ends. They're ninth uh, against the position in DVOA, but I still think Thomas could have a really nice day here, assuming Smith can make it back on the field. Uh, Dalton Schultz, $1,500 surplus at 3200 in DraftKings, 300 at fifty two and FanDuel. He's had a 13.6% target share since week 11, which is when Andy Dalton took over at quarterback. That's tied for 16th among tight ends. And so while I don't think Dalton can support all the receivers that Dak Prescott could, and Michael Gallup kind of has been a big loser from a fantasy perspective with the switch, I think that Schultz can continue to produce and is, is a pretty nice value at his low prices. And then one more player, maybe my favorite actually, Cole Komet. $1350 $1350 surplus in DraftKings at 3100 at $5,100 in FanDuel. Uh, I think this is really a case where Komet has seen his role increase. Less than 50% snap share in weeks one to nine. That has jumped over 70% since week 10 each of the last five weeks. He actually has a 21.2% target share the last two weeks. That's the seventh highest among tight ends. But I think Jimmy Graham probably threw some fantasy players off the scent by scoring a touchdown last week. But he's really been passed by Komet on the depth chart, and I think Komet ends up being the really nice value and could have a big week for you in fantasy. Okay, that's going to wrap up this week's episodes of the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We're going to circle back with it a normal week next week, uh, heading into your fantasy championship weeks from a waiver wire perspective and a DFS coming in around Christmas Day. So check that out, uh, and please subscribe, rate, and review. And then otherwise, we'll swing back and talk to you again on Tuesday. Have a great weekend.